So we have been building to this moment now for seven weeks as we have been talking about what makes us who we are as a movement of people experiencing God together. But to experience God, we've learned that we must exchange our old for our new, be an exchanged people, that we should engage and we must engage in what it is that God is calling us to, whatever that looks like in different shapes, forms, and fashions. And then we experience God in monster ways. And, and what's so cool about today is that this wasn't a day that we actually, like, we didn't say, hey, this is the day that we're going to land on to finish this series up. But I love how God works because this just happened to be the day. And uh, for those of you that don't know, today is the day of Pentecost. And uh, it wasn't something that, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember ever really being preached, um, really ever. And uh, to the point that I actually, uh, I met with a friend of mine this week, and I just talked to him. I said, hey, am I doing something voodoo? Like, am I doing something I shouldn't talk about? Like, what's going on with this? He just laughed. He said, nah, it's some, there's just some people. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So we're going to talk about what is Pentecost? And I think it's so cool because, because what it all comes down to is this experience, and the experience is truly with God, and this day is all about the day that God came upon us and was within us. You see, uh, if you want to read about this, I, I definitely want you, when you leave today as a family, read through Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, and it really digs into what does this look and so we dig into Pentecost a little bit, and, and, and what happens is, is that this is when Jesus resurrects, and Jesus goes back uh, to the heavens, and the disciples are all there, and, and they're watching Jesus ascend into the heavens, and as Jesus ascends into the heavens, he makes good on his promise that he made to his disciples that day uh, at the Last Supper when he told them, like, hey, I'm leaving you but I'm sending you my spirit so that it may be with you always. And so here it is. We're 50 days after Easter, and the spirit ascends upon the disciples and all the people that are around, and I love this because Scripture says that they begin to speak in tongue. And what I love about the, the thought of that is that it goes on to talk a little bit about that. It says that as they are speaking this dialect, Literally every single origin, every single, every single uh, um, language could be understood at that point. And so regardless of what language that that person spoke or what language it was that they interpreted, they understood what this was all about. How incredible must that have been? It was so crazy when the Holy Spirit came upon them that there were actual people that were there that were like, hey, these guys must be drunk on wine. And I love it because Peter comes out and he's like, hey, dude, look, it's nine o'clock in the morning. It is nine o'clock in the morning. These people are not drunk on wine. These people are invested in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come upon them. And, and this is for everyone. And then he goes back, and I love this because this is something that he had to do. I, I truly believe it, is that you had all these Jews, and then you had um, all these Reformed Jews, and what they read was Old Testament. And, and so there was this prophet Joel, and uh, prophet Joel, and uh, he spoke some good, 
some good words. And uh, so he goes back and he says, uh, and, and you could read this in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 21. It says this, in the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all of the people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will, will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I love that because he's not, he's not putting a cap on age. He's not saying, I'm just going to pour into the, the older wise. I'm going to pour into everybody. And so the young, you are going to have it. You are the church. Not only are you the church, but the old, you are the church as well. And, and we do this thing together, men and women, sons and daughters. In verse 18, I, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Verse 19, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on earth below. The blood and, and fire and billows of smoke, the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, listen to me, church, Listen to me, those of you online right now, verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is Old Testament prophecy. This is what it looks like. This is what's going to take place. And, and Old Testament prophecy, it, it said that Jesus would be born and, and Jesus would be the ultimate sacrifice. And, and we saw that. We saw what happened. And then all of a sudden, it, it talks about the Spirit will come down. And, and, and we see this. The Spirit's going to be on all the people. And the Spirit is now a part of everybody. It wasn't just this thing where, where the Spirit was never there. No, the Spirit was there. But now the Spirit's within and I love that because this, this day is truly, this is like the church birthday. This is like Christianity's birthday today because this is the day that really it all just kind of came together. And here the Spirit comes in and is a part of you and me every single day. And, and prophecy foretold even in the Old Testament that, that there will be another day that Jesus will come back again. And when he comes back again, it's going to be this crazy time, but to know Jesus and to, to be able to be accepted into his kingdom, you must call on his name and know him in the greatest of ways. And so I love it because here's, here's what the reality comes down to, is that, that we look at this and we see this great fire. And, and if you've ever uh, maybe heard of, of Pentecostal fire before, you've heard that term maybe, maybe even in a song you've heard it. I love the song. Pentecostal fire, stirring something new. And what that does is that makes me think of, of this past job I used to have. And before I was a pastor, I, I had this privilege of working in this, in this shop where I, I bought and I sold gold. And uh, I came in at the time that the market like skyrocketed. And we're talking $18, $1900 an ounce. And so people are like freaking out, like, dude, I have got to sell my stuff because I am going to bank on these things. And so people were bringing it in their, their jewelry boxes and they'd set it down. And, I'm, and I said this earlier, but I'm not, I'm not kidding, like centuries worth of, of jewelry, generations and generations and generations of jewelry. And people would sell it. And, 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 and what, they, what we'd find is that, you know, people would come in and they'd have 10 karat gold jewelry. And, and, and they would think that that was like, hey, I weigh this at home. This weighed an ounce. I get $1,900 for this, but that's not really what it was. You see, there's impurities in 10 karat gold. 10 karat gold's only got a little bit of gold in it, right? 24 karat's pure. That's pure gold. 
But what happens is, is that you get these 10 carats. So they take, and, and it's not plated, because plated gold, truly there's not enough gold to do anything with, but it's, it's mixed. And so a lot of times you're going to get coppers, you're going to get some other metals and stuff in there. And, and because they, they take it and they make it out of something, all of a sudden you get this, this 10 carat pure, uh, 10 carat uh, worth of, of gold. And so that may be a ring, that might be a necklace. Usually when you see something 10 carat, it's darker. All right, and so all of a sudden, then you got 14 carat. That's a lot. Like a lot of people see 14 carat, and uh, that's 58 and a half percent pure. And then it keeps going from there to 18, 21, 22, even up to 24. And so we were buying literally everything, even dental. Like people would like literally popping out their gold dental that they had forever ago, and they'd pop it out to bring it in to sell because you would actually get quite a bit of money off that gold dental. So nobody, please, nobody pop it out right now. Like wait till you get home. <laughs> But, like, people would do that kind of stuff. And so, um, but let me tell you about that. So, so my job was not just to buy, but my job was also to process. I was the processor. And so I would have a, I had a desk. It was, it was quite a bit bigger than this. But take this for an example, okay? And what I would do is I would, I would buy gold from all over, the, all over the country, okay? And people would send us their gold. And, and I would literally fill a table about this size Full of it, and I'd process it and then bag it. So 10 carat would go in one bag, 14 in another, and so on and so forth. And when I would send it off, I would have an idea of how much gold we'd actually have. So I would send it off, and it would go to a place called a refinery, this refinery. And, and so they would get the gold, and what, what would they do to it? Listen to this. I love it. They would put the fire to it. And so they'd heat it up. And, and, and so all of a sudden now, the gold starts, starts separating itself coppers, and, and the coppers are separating themselves from the other impurities. And so all these different things that built into this one piece all of a sudden starts to separate. But it doesn't happen on just one pass. It usually takes three or four times for it to go through the refinery before the refinery process is done. And so once all of a sudden it's said and it's done, you have the old and the, the pretty much the worthless stuff over here, and then you've got the gold, the big stuff here. And so I say this to say this, Holy Spirit, fire, the Pentecostal fire burns within, it's refining you and it refines me. And I love that, that idea and that concept because so many times we get down on ourselves, maybe as new Christians, maybe as, as people that, that we've been going to church forever or, or whatever your relationship might look like. But I love it because it's a process. It doesn't happen on just one time. In fact, when the Spirit's working with us, it's constantly refining. If you get to a point that you feel like you're pure, you need to definitely be refined again because you got some stuff that you need to battle and you need to get rid of. But that's how it works. This fire comes in and, and you get excited. I can remember teen camps and far retreats. They're my favorite time of the year. We'd go in and, and I'd be surrounded by 400 teenagers and we'd have the, the privilege to literally pour into these kids. And these kids would get so excited about Jesus. They would, they'd be, we, we'd look out and, and, and altars and altars of kids and, and hundreds of kids just out crying and pouring their hearts out to Jesus. And, and you could physically hear it and audibly hear what is going on in these prayers that were being lifted to Jesus and strongholds that were being released and, and addictions that were being let go of and, and chains that were holding them down being broken. And you would literally physically see this taking place. You see, that wasn't just a chain breaking. That was a refining process happening. 
But, but here's the reality of it is that, that when God comes in and, and works within us, he, he gives us some things. He's not just separating. He's also prepping and preparing us for different things. And so when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and is within us, it gives us the grace and, and the power to teach to identify. I love it. Some people have the gift to be able to identify and be able to help people and walk through with people on what it is that God has blessed them with. Or, 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 or people have that, 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 that gift of being able to go and pray and, and cast vision upon people, the healing of people, uh, casting out demons, all different types of things, even developing mentors. Think about that. The Spirit will we'll work within you to develop somebody that's going to develop another person. And all of a sudden, because of you, all these people come to know who Jesus is. Pentecostal fire is for, for the visionary. It's for, it's for quality. That's what this church was all about. It still is all about and how this church was planted because it was all about the ability to plan, the ability to create, the ability to wisely execute what you're called to do. And that's not just here in church That's in your life as well. God is going to give you those abilities to do something big, to manifest Christ-like character, power, and ministry of good works amongst all believers. But here's the reality of fire. Just being real with you, and you all be real with me. Don't act like you don't do this. You hear sirens on your road. You see flashing lights on your road. I saw a meme the other day. It made me laugh. Dude had this fire truck and the ambulance, like, catty corner to his house, and he's out on his grass with his vacuum sweeping the grass. Like, we get to that point. Like, we don't want to be the ones, like, out there just watching. So you try to make something up that you're doing so it looks like you're doing something, but really you're out just, like, you're attracted to what's going on. There's a fire happening. You don't run into your house. You run out to your lawn because you want to see what's happening. You get, you're, you're attracted to that. And so that's kind of the reality of it is that we're attracted to that type of thing. And I love it because when you really think about this and we talk about the the Holy Spirit coming upon us and this fire being burned within us, it attracts worshipers, new converts. And I absolutely love the fact that that is how God represents and works through us. When you're on fire for the Lord, when you're on fire for the things that God can do within you and through you, people can see that. People can experience that. And it is something that you cannot deny. This is true with with powerful church services, revivals, and camps. Anything that you go to, you might find yourself in a place where you just, you get on fire about it. There's a song that you loved. There was a message that you loved. There was a concert that just spoke to you. It was a revival that just fired you up. But the problem is that those things can also be very heartbreaking. I can remember time and time again as, as I watched students who, who poured their heart out to the Lord. And they were on fire. They were serving. They were singing. They were doing whatever it was that they could do. And then all of a sudden that fire starts to die down. It's all of a sudden you you don't see things the same way. You're not experiencing things the same way. People aren't experiencing God through you the same way that they were. But that's a reality of fire because fire has that natural tendency to die down if it's not rekindled. And so it needs to be rekindled. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 15 through 17, it reads this. 
And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, you've known the Holy Spirit, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rekindling, rebuking, correcting, and training the righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The fanning doesn't just come from church. I'm just going to be flat out real with you. Think about this just for one second. Okay? I learned in school a long time ago that there's 365 days a year. We have church 52 times. So if you come only to church and that's your only experience with, with God, then how can you ever expect to be a burning fire? You're nothing but a flame that just kind of keeps getting flamed back up. You come to church, you're on fire, you're excited. You go home and, and, and it's a good day. And everything goes great at home. And the family's good and lunch was good. Your nap was good. But Monday rolls around and that fire starts to, starts to die down a little bit. We have this fire pit at home. And, and we have two of them, actually. Um, we have one that's, that's massive. And right now it's... It's, it's full of, it's got a lot in it, okay? And, and it's going to put off a fire that's probably 20 feet tall. I'm excited about it. It's going to be a beast of a fire. Then we have this other fire pit, and uh, it sits down on the ground a little bit. And the reason why is because it sits up next to the house. And so I know that if I put, like, a couple logs in there and stuff, we can sit around it. We have a nice fire. We can roast some hot dogs, some marshmallows, you know, do that kind of thing. That you can do on this fire. The big fire... That's where you stand 50 feet back and you hope the trees don't burn down. Because then, then what's going to happen? The neighbors are going to come out and watch. All right? And so, so we've got this. But the problem with this small fire pit is this, is that because it sits down a little bit, it doesn't naturally breathe sometimes, right? And so because it sits the way it does, so uh, depending on how the weather is, depending on what's going on, sometimes we have to take a, a block out or maybe two blocks out so that the the wind can kind of come through. And, uh, and, and so sometimes with us, that's kind of where we need to be, is that sometimes we have to remove some, some blocks from our lives, some different things in our life, so that we can then experience what it is that God has for us so we can be rekindled into flame. And that can happen through prayer. That can happen through prayer. Listen to me. Sometimes it's just speaking it doesn't always have to be knelt down next to the bed with your hands folded up real nice and everything else. No, it can be done driving in your car. It can be done at work. But please, right now, church, if you drive in your car and pray, don't close your eyes. Thank you for that, okay? I've been in a car like that where somebody closed their eyes to pray. I thought I was going to die. Um, but I'm still here. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but really, though, it can be done anywhere. It can be done at work. It can be done walking through the schools, uh, walking through the hallways at school. It can be done literally anywhere. Talk to God. If you're in a place where you're like, I don't have anything to say. I don't know what to say. Listen. But maybe you find yourself in a spot like I was a couple weeks ago where I was just like, I just don't know what to say. I was literally sitting in front of my computer at a coffee shop saying, okay, God, I need to fill this page. I need to fill this blank document with something. I got church coming up. Like, what's going on? God spoke to me through a song. I sent it over to Ethan. I said, Ethan, check the song out. Like, I like the song called Promises by Maverick City. 
and, and all of a sudden, God start to, start to spoke, uh, started to speak to me through, through a song. So listen to music. Sing music. Get alone. Sing. Sing your guts out. I sing my guts out on my mower, and I found out like two years ago that people could actually hear me. I didn't think people could hear me when I was mowing. And uh, Kristen dropped a bomb on me one time, and she was like, you understand that every neighbor can hear you. I was like, thank you. Okay. I had no idea, but they all think that my tractor is sexy. So (laughs) it's one of those things, though, like sing your guts out. Give it all to Jesus in that way. Maybe, maybe it's all about reading. Maybe you like to read. Find something to read. It doesn't always have to be the Bible. I'm going to be real with you. I'm saying this right now. The Bible can be kind of dry at times, especially if you're in the Old Testament. Pick something up. Read about it. Read about it in a new way. God speaks in so many different ways. What about meditating? Some of y'all like to meditate. I got ADHD, so I don't even know what meditation is. But for some of you, you can meditate. Meditate on the word and what it is that God has for you because here's the reality of it is that sometimes if you don't do those things, if you don't fan that flame, this is what you become, ashes. And ashes are, are probably the worst part because they're dead. They're the past. You can't do anything with ashes. Ashes are just junk. And so every once in a while in your fire pit, you gotta go scoop those out. They ain't going anywhere. They're just sitting there, and you got to clean it out. you got to get it going. If you got a fireplace in your house, and you're not blessed with a gas fireplace, you got to clean that thing out every once in a while, or it gets pretty nasty, right? The fire won't burn anymore. It's just like if a fire is left burning in there, it just doesn't work. It doesn't breathe right. It doesn't burn right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't smell right. It's nasty, It can block airflow, and it can prevent a healthy fire. But listen to me. I'm not just talking about ashes here. Listen to me. I'm talking about carnality. I'm talking about unfaithfulness. I'm talking about selfishness. I'm talking about laziness. Those type of things. Those are your ashes. Get rid of those. Put those away. Put them in a bucket. Throw it over your neighbor's fence. All right? Do something with them, but don't let them put your fire out. What about this? Listen to me. Listen to me. Past glories, past achievements. You can't live in the past. When you do that, you end up like me. I'm rounding third base, and I still think I'm in high school. I'm not in high school anymore, and I pop my hamstring. Like, come on, really? And Lee's back here doing the same thing. Like, good night, church. We got a softball team, and it's enough to make everybody cripple, I think. Even JP here can't, can't move. He told me the other day, I said this wrong first service. He told me the other day, and this is profound words. Growing old ain't for the sissies, like point blank. And uh, man, it's so true. I got ice packs on my leg, I got ice packs on my arm. Like, good night. But you can't hang yourself in those past glories, those past achievements. Listen to me, church. Here's a tough one. What about those old heroes? Those old heroes that you had, those people that you looked up to. But they can't no longer be the hero because they're not somebody that you can look up to anymore. Sometimes you've got to be able to put that ash aside. Don't talk about it. Don't try to rekindle it. Don't try to make it happen because it's old. It's done. Ashes, nothing's going to happen from that. And the same thing with history. Sometimes you just got to put it aside. Walk away from it. Let God, use you in big ways. Because here's the reality of it. There's a big difference between ash and embers. 
And I believe today, church, that, that every one of us has an ember inside us that's ready to just ignite that's ready just to move, that's ready to do something big. And, and that's what I'm excited about because, because Peyton learned this past week, he did, a, he did a fire in our little fire pit and, and it was a fire that was way too big than what should have been in there. And, and literally our house could have been gone because of you. I'm just saying, okay? Um, <laughs> he, he did good. He had a, he had a hose right there. Uh, I'm sure that would have done a lot. And, uh, and so we had that going on, but, but then the next morning he goes out and he throws something in the fire pit. And what happened? Lit back up. There was a fire. That little ember lit back up and created a big fire. And then all it took, you ready for this? The wind started blowing a little bit, and all it took was a little bit of wind, and you had a big fire. Peyton said, I couldn't believe the fire got so big. And that is what God does within us. When you talk about Pentecost Sunday, when you talk about Pentecostal fire, when you talk about the Holy Spirit coming upon us, that's all it takes is that little ember, that little bit of faith, that little bit of knowledge, that little bit of push that you had at one point. Man, and God is going to make something so stinking big out of it. He, people won't even be able to deny it. I love it when you go to a store sometimes and, and you're on fire for the Lord and somebody goes, hey, you go to church? I don't know. Why are you asking? There's just something about you. There's just something about you. It's that fire that burns. This is my challenge to us today as we close out. You want to experience God? Acknowledge and know first that the Spirit's within you. This is the church. I'm the church. Ethan's the church. Sarah's the church. JP's the church. We're the church. The people. It's not the building. It's never been the building. From day one, he came to the people. So know that you are the church. You are important. And know that you can be on fire, and maybe you're on fire right now for Jesus, and I am so stinking excited for you. Don't let that fire burn out. Experience God in ways that you've never experienced God before. Know God in ways that you've never known God before, and big things will take place. I promise you that. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for showing yourself in so many unique ways, because I know that we all accept you and we all see you in different ways and different avenues. And so, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for being here in the flesh to teach us and, and to show us a way, to show us that it is possible, for, for coming in and being a part of us, even when we treat you like garbage and trash, you're still there. You're still with us. You're still within us. You're showing us the way. You're, you're fanning the flame. You see that ember that needs to be lit. And you're there to ignite it, to push us, to challenge us. And so, Father, I pray today that as we look into the future that we know that we're worthy, we know that we're enough. We know, Father, that you're refining us what it is that you need us to be and it's a process and it's going to take time and it's not always going to be on our time it's going to be in your time but we're excited that, that we're even worthy enough to be refined by you to be challenged to be changed to be made to look more and more like you each day so father i thank you so much again for choosing us using us.
I love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me today? And-